Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Warp Lords podcast. Uh, my name is Mike Danger Votor. I will be your host and DM this evening. We pick back up on the Fractured World story, and this evening I am joined by Dylan, Mike, Graham, and Jared. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your characters? Hi, my name is Dylan, and I play Adrien Gustave de la Pantoisienne, also known as the Thief Jacques Rabit, also known as Monsieur Boots, the cat. And last session, I drank myself into a bottle of wine at the healthcare store, and I don't think I did anything else. And uh, my name is Mike, and I play um, uh, Mr. Mr. G. All set. Mike? Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for Graham to oh, go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I asked if you were all set and then you said yeah, nothing. No, I, I heard you. I was waiting how, I was wondering how long it would take you to just start doing it. <laughs> I wasn't going to. Forever. So yes is the One answer. Forever. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you going now? I was going to. Oh, this is going to be really hard to put out uncut. <laughs> we're professionals, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're not, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> If we lie, it'll become true. Ladies and gentlemen, if you give us money, we will become professionals. It's literally the only difference. <laughs> yeah, if the last five minutes and 20 seconds has sold you on giving us money, uh, you can hit the donate button now. Um, I don't know where it is. Please, for the love of God, give me money. You can support us on Patreon for more of this. <laughs> Your $1 a month will transform us from a bunch of idiots in front of microphones playing a pretend game into professional podcasters. <laughs> okay. Graham's never going to get to go, dude. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> it was time to go a while ago. <laughs> All right. Everyone shut up. Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Graham, and I play Dennis, a politician-turned-combatant who fights by not doing combat. Except last week, I did combat, and by me, I mean my bug companion, who is fittingly named Bug. We drank, and then we fought a little bit. I am Jared. I play Johnny Lau, the bird cop that makes the bird cop jokes. Uh, last week, <laughs> uh, I wrestled a bit with my dearest friend. Kenny Dawkins in a pool, a spring, whatever the right word is for a pool of water that's hot, and then got real drunk and wouldn't let Mr. G be my friend. I do declare. <laughs> oh, jeez. Roll me a die. Eleven. Let's fucking get four. into this. Eleven? Ten. Ten? I got a two. Mr. G. Got a two. It's a two. Yeah, I I, I heard you. <laughs> you heard with purred. So, Jared, make me a willpower yes. check. I would love to, and I will, once I find the right die that I waited so that I can cheat. I'm actually pulling up my character sheet. One second. I mean, we're all behind screens, so you could literally just cheat without waiting your die. Fuck that, dude. I would know. <laughs> wouldn't you need 12 different weighted dice for each number because your stats change i mean i was not being serious about cheating anyway so i am being serious <laughs> about cheating 
I, I failed. Yeah. Three inches. Three, three to six inches. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> I think he's making a proposition. <laughs> I mean, it was a technique comment, but it's also a penis joke now. <laughs> uh, well, for the record, I rolled a six out of two, which is a fail. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. So you head into, uh, you head into your bedroom and you pass out pretty quick while looking for your, uh, for your special cigarette before you go to bed. You pass out and you begin to dream. You begin to it kind of filter into a memory almost of when you were a, a child. You see in front of you your older brother Marshall looks to be no older than 11 or 12, putting you a couple of years behind him. Um, Third years. Your father, Shangri, is uh, angrily instructing both of you, um, and the words echo in your he- in your ears. Um, you begin to fight back and forth with your brother, and he begins to uh, break through your guard, more or less. He's older, he's stronger, and he's faster. You struggle to keep up, and in your head you hear your father, Shangri's voice, just say, keep your head up. Faster. Keep moving faster. Keep your head up. And it, it rings in your head. And after a while of this kind of same monotonous vision of you constantly losing to your older brother, Marshall, um, at one moment, he tags you on the forehead. And he turns and he runs. He flies up from the courtyard that you two are fighting in, and he flies onto the rooftops. He begins to run after, and the younger version of yourself that you are currently in the form of runs after. You fly up onto the roof, and you begin to chase after your brother. You chase around the walls and the uh, roofs of your Nugan Soaking City compound uh, that you are very familiar with. Um, your brother disappears from your vision every once in a while, and you turn a corner to see him on another rooftop farther ahead of you. After a moment, these rooftops begin to just appear out of nowhere, not attached to any ground, and you no longer see the childhood home that you grew up in. You begin to follow your brother higher and higher, ascending into the sky. Um, a dark red series of clouds begin to circle around all of these floating uh, rooftops, these tiled rooftops that you're on, and you keep running. Um, eventually, as you get higher and higher, you keep hearing the chanting of your father, Shangri. You keep hearing that, faster! Keep your head up! Faster! It echoes, and every time you lose your brother, you manage to find him. Um... You reach through a peak of clouds, and after a moment, you lose him once again. You see a small tower off in the distance. This small tower um, resembles kind of the highest peak of your childhood home, where your, uh, your father and your mother's bedroom was. And you begin to follow him. You run into the hallway. The dark black wood and beams around you uh, begin to fill your vision. 
you see your brother running in front of you and you see a portal seemingly to another world. Uh, Jared, have Johnny make me a sense check, please. Sure. <clears throat> what is young Johnny up to now? God damn it. <laughs> uh, father? Sense, right? Yeah, sense. <laughs> father! What would Johnny, child Johnny's voice sound like? <laughs> Mother! <laughs> Father! <laughs> I passed the sense. I got cool. a two out of four. You see a crimson red sky uh, on the other side of the door that your brother is currently running through. Mm-hmm. You see tall, gothic-looking towers that have sharp points. And just as you are observing this city and you continue running after your brother, the doors slam in your face. You see a circular pattern, and just as you see this circular pattern, you run into the doors and you hit the doors, and you are instantly awake. Now go ahead and make me a vitality check and an intelligence check, my guy. Oakley dokley. Vitality and intelligence. Yep. Uh, what's my vitality? I got, I passed both actually. I got a five out of six and a three out of four. Cool. So you wake up being the professional alcoholic that Johnny Law is. Um, you wake, you wake up without a hangover. You feel perfectly fine. Um, you wake up. Your buddy Kenny Doggins is, uh, lying in the bed next to you. Uh you two are borderline inseparable, so no surprise there. Bird's best friend. Let's see how uh let's see how Kenny's doing this morning. Uh Kenny once again uh looks up at you and he goes, Hey Johnny, how are you doing the <laughs> and he wretches uh and like kinda like uh boofs a little bit, like dog boofs every once in a while to get more of like the dribble out and then he looks back up at you Hey, I was gonna say, how how are you how are you doing today, good buddy? Dude, you completely caught me off guard with that. I thought you were gonna say he's fine. You were like, oh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Good morning, there. Uh, not feeling so hot this morning, are we, Kenny? Ah, uh, the bird bin doesn't sit well with me. She's a fickle mistress. Uh, he gets up and he, uh, looks for a towel to, to start cleaning up the, the, the pile of vomit. As you, uh, as you get up and you start looking around your room, uh, it doesn't take you long to find a towel and to get to work on cleaning this up. You start to, uh, you start to think about the dream you just had and it feels very, very odd. Um, in the back of your head, you almost feel the sensation of of someone on your shoulder or behind you every time you look back and think about the dream you just had. And then you think about the door. You think about the doorway that the younger version of yourself slammed into chasing after Marshall. This black oak door with a red circular symbol. Um, you recognize bits and pieces of it. Uh, you mm-hmm. quickly put together that or at least hypothesize, you're not a hundred percent, you immediately find a link between the scar you found when Marshall disappeared and that symbol in your dream. 
Uh, how vividly does Johnny remember it? Uh, pretty vividly. It's, uh, as you're kind of like wax on, wax offing the puke off of the, uh, bedroom floor, the circular image stays, uh, stays in your mind. <laughs> the way you describe that makes it sound like he's just sloshing vomit around. <laughs> I kind of assumed you were. <laughs> I mean, I would assume that Johnny has some experience with the matter. Put, I was mostly thinking, put a towel on it and then forget. I'm just <laughs> Basically, he's gonna pull out his, I, I have a notebook. And, yep. uh, Johnny has a notebook in his satchel and he's gonna try to sketch the, uh, the red circular thing. Yeah, cool. Make me a style check to recreate evidence. Oh boy. <laughs> Johnny is one stylish guy. Nope. <laughs> uh, 10 out of 2. 10 out of 2. He's about <laughs> as stylish as Kenny is not hungover. You basically <laughs> take a moment to try and draw it. The circle is very oblong. The symbols don't 100% match up because the circle kind of loses its its general circleness. So you get the general idea down. It is very sketchy. I would not say that this is a good recreation to go on. A sketchy sketch. Yeah. It's funny, you would think that sketchy would mean more sketch, but in this case, the sketch is bad because it is sketchy. All right, I'm gonna stop talking. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Great. Um, Dylan. What? Make me a willpower check, please. Uh, that is a 12 out of not 12. 12 out of not 12, indeed. Alrighty. Um, you are kind of just floating in a blank space as you go into your room, cry, and then pass out. Um, you feel, you feel real, uh, real upset about what has kind of occurred today, and you fall asleep pretty quick. You are kind of just floating in a black liquid. This, uh, this Black liquid doesn't seem to ever end your vision, and you're just kind of waiting here, uh, in the darkness, uh, alone for a moment. And you hear what sounds very much like the distinct sound of, uh, of, like a toilet flushing, and suddenly there's a whirlpool underneath you where everything is just was once calm it is now chaos you are wrapped up into it and you feel yourself uh rushed into this water it creates kind of like a a a circular motion a typhoon if you will that you get caught up in and you are suddenly spit out the top of a water bottle you begin to descend below uh free falling quickly you see another um body of water quickly approaching you however this body of water instead of being pitch black entirely is made out of a great cosmos it looks like many many galaxies uh make up the water that is rapidly approaching you and suddenly as you are falling you see a ship you hit the ship deck and expecting to break a couple of bones you brace yourself for the impact you manage to land on your uh, your paws, and you kind of bounce off the surface of the ship there for a moment. Uh, you are currently on a 
ship made entirely out of plastic water bottles. So you kind of like squeak as you walk. You approach the captain's deck and it is there that you see your grandfather. Ah, Adrienne! It is good of you to join me. We set out for my great treasure. Hop aboard, man the sails! Uh, you go and you man the sails. You and your grandfather, uh, begin to kind of navigate the starlit sea, uh, in front of you. You pass by islands that are seemingly made out of these same water bottle-like structures with this weird see-through plasticky material that squeaks, uh, as you touch it. And after a while, a storm hits. You are wrapped up into a storm and your ship, uh, your ship sinks. You are once again caught up in the crashing waves, uh, the furious undertow, and you see the ship of water bottles begin to collapse. Um, you grab onto your grandfather who is, uh, caught in the same storm as, uh, as you, and you brace for another impact. This time, as you fall to the bottom of the the rushing whirlpool, you fall into an overwhelmingly light place. It takes you a moment to kind of like get your footing in what you in this weird pit that you're in. There are these brightly colored rainbow colored spheres in front of you. Um, your grandfather. Uh, is there with you for a moment and both of you begin to look around. You see that whatever enclosure you're currently stuck inside of, it is made out of these same plastic water bottles. Just as you, you two begin to kind of get your bearings, um, you see five children's heads pop up out of the ball pit. The children just look over at you, and with an echo of all five children's voices at once, you just hear, Will you play with us? And then you see many stubby, sticky hands come out of the bottom of the ball pit. And suddenly, as all of these tiny hands begin to reach, and you and your grandfather immediately nope the fuck out and start getting out of the ball pit, you see that these stubby hands are attached to a, like, sticky centipede-like body. The heads all jettison around, and they begin to run after you. You begin to run down hallways. You duck to the left. This thing crashes into it, almost destroying uh, what it, everything behind you. And it begins to just follow you. And the voices just begin to continually ring out. Pet the kitty. Play with us. And they begin to just continually run. Uh, both you and your grandfather uh, take a left turn. Uh, he is running behind you at this point he is definitely it's taking a lot uh uh, like a great toll on him he is unable to keep up with you after a few more of these turns he is caught up and he is uh swallowed by the mouths and this thing continues running screaming pet the kitty play with us play with us kitty pet the kitty you eventually come to an abrupt end in whatever sort of labyrinth made out of these weird plastic water bottles. 
this centipede-like toddler creature rounds the corner, crashing into every space possible. You reach the end, and you see the bottom of a vacuum cleaner, and you see a portal inside of it. What do you do? I look back at the monster and scream obscenities in French and run for the portal. As you look at as you look at it, uh, make me a sense check. That is a seven out of three. Okay, you're a little bit overwhelmed, and you're in the process of acting, so it's a little bit tough to kind of see everything that's going on. You see that this thing uh, has a, your grandfather's sword stuck in its mouth. Make me an agility check. Oh, I'm a somewhat good at those. Cat things. Six out of seven. Six out of seven, that's good enough. As you're turning to get the fuck away from this terrifying thing, you grab the sword with your hand and you dive through the vacuum cleaner. As you dive through the vacuum cleaner, you are abruptly woken up and you are in your in your bed. You are currently clutching an empty bottle of wine and your grandfather's sword in your uh, in your arms as you wake up. Make me a vitality check and a willpower check. Oh, Matis. Uh, that is a one out of two vitality and a twelve out of two willpower. Um, you can't help the feeling that you're not alone right now. You don't feel terrible considering how much you wager you've drank you know you wake up you start to look around move around your room and like take stock of all of your french boy wine that you have so it does um it does take you kind of a moment but you think you made a a pretty solid dent in your own stock i start looking like in cupboards and under my my bed looking for the child centipede thing (laughs) Make me a sense check. One out of three. Do I find the monster? You don't find the monster. You don't know if that means it's still here in hiding or if it never existed to begin with. You're not sure. I grab a bottle of wine that still has something in it and sit in the corner, clutching the bottle in one hand and my sword in the other. Just, like, right on the bedpost, I would imagine. Just, like, looking at every angle of the room. Graham. Uh Uh-huh. I need Dennis to make me a willpower check. Okay. Uh... Okay, what's my willpower? That is a three out of four. Three out of four. That's a yes. Cool. Yeah. So, you, uh, you largely avoid the bullshit of um of the night and the way that everything ends uh you find it a little bit more mentally taxing uh on you controlling these sacred beasts than you were expecting um mm-hmm. even though you didn't do any of the fighting yourself uh getting into that link did still kind of take a bit of take a bit out of you so you uh you go up to your room you manage to pass out even through all of the racket of your companions screaming in the hot springs downstairs <laughs> and you fall asleep you have a uh, pretty nice dream as as you uh start to kind of re- recall it and be in the dream space you see your old penthouse apartment in new gensokyo city uh you see octavia sitting on a long uh 
white leather couch that overlooks the city. You basically are a just stare out and you marvel at everything that you see. You go into the kitchen, you take out a couple of ingredients, a couple of peppers, red, orange, couple of different colors, pretty standard. Take out mm-hmm. an onion and you uh, take out a cutting board and you begin to uh, prep some ingredients, making some dinner. You look down, you begin to cut the onion, you look back up, and suddenly you are transported back into your parents' food kitchen in Stone Falcon. You look back down, and suddenly you're cutting not one onion, but six onions, and large onions at that. You see large bowls next to you just full of full of onions and (laughs) you then look up you see octavia is walking around your parents soup kitchen a place you had never taken her or shown her and she's waiting tables she's bringing out different soups and different plates out to the guests that are in there the varying different like destitute and former adventurers that need uh need a place to stay and need a hearty meal you look over and you see uh, your family's normal breakfast table, as you knew it as a child. You see both of your parents sitting there. Uh, the age is definitely starting to overtake your parents at this point. Largely concerning. The last time you saw your parents, they did not look this old. Uh, you look back down and you're, without hesitation, just on to the peppers. Those four peppers you had turn into 20 peppers and you just start hammering through these ingredients. The restaurant becomes busier and busier with different destitute people, uh, disabled, magic scarred, you name it. You see just various people that you view kind of beneath you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And at one point you see Luca walk in wearing a black and gold suit his uh his normally pretty disheveled curly fluffy hair is uh actually like pretty well kept he looks more well off than than you had imagined like like he paid a stylist to walk him through what a suit store is this begins to concern you and you begin to see Luca interact with your family members and then interact with the guests, all of the guests shaking his hands. And as you now look back down, you are no longer cutting peppers, but you are cutting into your own hand. You are yeah. chopping your fingers into uh, small segmented bits and you look up without even realizing what you're, what you're doing. And the crowded soup kitchen grows fuller and fuller. And you keep looking down, and every time you look down, you keep cutting away more of your own person and cutting away at yourself. After a moment, Octavia comes up to you, and she's standing across the the counter separating the dining room and the kitchen. And she just keeps asking you in in her soft uh, yet strong voice, just, are you okay? Dennis, are you okay? And every time the okay hits your ears, your body rings and you almost feel yourself separate into like four different versions of yourself as the ringing of these words hit your ears. And after the third time, she says, are you okay? It's too much. You drop the knife and you begin to kind of 
shut your ears off and this ringing, this weird wave-like sensation keeps hitting you and hitting you. And after a moment, you just kind of freak out and then you run to the front door. As you run out of the restaurant, blood trailing behind you, you hit the door, see a white light, and you are now sitting up in your bed in the morning. Now, make me a vitality check and an intelligence check, please. Okay. Uh, past vitality with a one out of three. Perfect. And blackjacked intelligence with a three. So you're able to recall the dream. Uh, you're able to recall all kind of the, Lucky the, me. the weird bits of, of what you just went through without a doubt. It was <laughs> striking. This one sticks with you for sure. Um, you also wake up surprisingly not hungover. Like your stomach's a bit queasy. The light's still a bit, you know, the, the light filtering into your room in the morning is still a bit too bright, but like overall, you're not doing terrible. You're not vomiting on the floor or anything. That's that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds about right. I didn't go yeah. that hard with the yeah. booze, so it was it was more the forced booze and then the yeah. one drink that you ordered otherwise. <laughs> Alrighty, is that a martini? Is that what he ordered? It was creamy yet citrusy with a bunch of different kind of fruits. Uh, it had like a very distinct gradient pattern to it. Was what he was drinking last session. All I remember is it was not a tequila sunrise. It was not a tequila sunrise. And it was supposed to be really good. One thing, Graham, before I move on here, sorry. When you wake up, you have the distinct feeling of not being alone. What? Yep. Can I roll something for that? Like a sense check? Absolutely. Yeah, no, you can roll a sense check. Yeah, for sure. Nope. Yep, nope. That's weird feeling, still weird. Uh, uh, I'm gonna check my capture sphere and see if it's is it bug. I mean, you release bug, and bug is now kind of sitting on the bed next to you. He looks down a little bit, kind of like confused for a moment as to what he's sitting on. Um, and then he looks at you, and he looks pretty excited. Um, your weird feeling doesn't go away when you release bug from his capture sphere. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to lean over and just be like, something weird's up. I feel like I'm being watched and not by you. Keep your eyes open. Uh, you see Bug kind of squint and then nod and then just kind of like goes to scanning the room. Uh, as you start to get ready for the day, he kind of like stands close to you and he's always kind of looking. Uh, so he's very on it. Okay. Alrighty, cool. Mike. I am here. Yeah, that is you. Mike, have Mr. G make me a willpower check, please. Willpower, yeah. He, uh, I failed that. It is a five out of two. Ah, bummer. You got, you got pretty shitty, dog. You, uh, you don't do this often. Mr. G knows. Yeah. (laughs) You get back even... Even under the false pretenses of a special cigarette, you still manage to pass the fuck out. No problem. I'd like to make one comment. Yeah. That, uh, the last, uh, before his eyes close and he slips into slumber, um, Mr. G just says, Oh, where, where's, where's the weed at? 
And then he passes out. Perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you pass out, and uh, in your your dreamlike state, you wake up to a large, white, open space. You begin to traverse the space, and you begin to look around. Um, you see different, like, shapes of different trees and, like, benches, almost like you're walking through a parkway, but everything is made out of this weird white kind of ceramic or some kind of like reinforced plastic but it's almost like you're walking through a park made entirely out of white the only thing that can like guide your way is the fact that you are able to see the shadows of everything around you so you're able to traverse this park and after a while of exploring you come to the center of this park you see arteries lined with like different rows of trees that lead inward you come to the center of this circle and there is a large doorway in front of you you see a like silvery white metallic material that builds this large looming doorway in front of you this doorway the edges of it seem to move and ever shift as you look at it one moment the the metal cubes that make it up will grow smaller and then will quadruple their size and go larger so the edges of it are almost kind of like forming around as you're staring at it yet the doorway doesn't lose any sort of shape or structure it stays the same size it still stands intimidatingly in front of you As you walk up to it, you see distinctly the letters A on the left door and G on the right door. And just as you begin to walk up to the doorway, it begins to open up for you, as if it was expecting you. On the other side, you see a figure in a long white lab coat. You see a tied-back ponytail, and you see some rather schnazzy white and turquoise goggles. This, uh, after a moment, this figure kind of cocks its head, and at the same time, you cock your head, and it definitely looks like a younger version of you. Ooh, if I move my hands, does he do the same thing as I do? He does not. Oh, okay. He does not. (laughs) (laughs) You sound so disappointed. He raises, uh, he raises his arm up, and as he raises his arm up, um, you know, uh, make me a sense check as you're staring at him. Oh, that's a one out of three. One out of three on the sense. That's gonna be a pass. No, one out of four. I upped that stat. One out of four now. It almost looks like there is a tail on the back end of this younger version of you, like a bright orange and white tail that you can see flickering around behind him. And looking at him now, you see the knife-like ears that you're used to on your own person, yet you also see tall, pointed ears on the top of your head. Also orange and white. Like two sets of, like two sets of ears? Yep. Weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. G would want to call out to him and be like, hey, hey, what's up? What's going on? The, the, the figure, uh, on the other side of this portal just kind of holds its hand up behind its normal she set of ears, the knife-like ears. Um, it holds it up and it, it's like, I, even with four ears, I can't hear you, dude. Can I, can I try to devise some sort of sign language? If you would like to try and devise some sign language, you can. 
It's going to be super quick. What are you trying to do? I'm rolling intelligence to try to (laughs) devise sign language to talk to this person. Okay. I rolled an 11 out of 8. I failed. (laughs) Great. You don't magically learn sign language in the ether of your dream. Well, I'd also have to teach this person sign language, too, so the problem's more complicated than you might think. <laughs> the figure behind the door kind of, like, motions its hand, uh, inviting you towards it, um, motioning you over. And as you begin to walk towards it, the buzzing in your head begins. The edges of your vision go red. And out of the ground behind you, the white ceramic-like floor in front of you begins to break. And coming out of the floor are these black hands. Uh, They begin to grab your cargo pants and pull you back. They snap at your ankles and begin to pull you back. It almost seems like they are never-ending trying to grab uh, from your feet to your top to prevent you from moving forward towards this doorway. Uh, you look down to actually see them. They're made out of a similar material than the doorway, except it's black and red instead of that silvery color. Um, these, these hands begin to sprout more. Each time a new hand begins to hit you and grab hold of you, the buzzing in your head begins to get worse and worse. At one moment, you are beginning to try and fight and try and break free to get close to this doorway because you can almost reach out and touch it. So the hands are grappling me and stuff. What's, what's this, what's this, uh, this figure doing on the inside of the door? Is he trying to help me at all or does he look completely uninterested? He's reaching out his hand, but he can't, he doesn't seem to be able to pass through the barrier. Uh, I'm reaching. Um, as you begin to reach all of these hands, uh, keep, keep hitting you like the back of your head, they begin to pull you back. And as one touches the top of your head and then re- uh, begins to kind of wrap around and touches the scar on your forehead, the buzzing hits a crescendo and your entire vision goes red and you just begin to start collapsing in on yourself. You, begin to kneel to the ground and these hands uh stay on you and this buzzing hits you like an ocean of static and after a moment the edge of your vision goes blue as you hear a like water droplet almost it just clears everything away the edge of your vision turns turquoise and you see the the other you, the figure behind the doorway is is tapping it, and you see that same kind of like rhythmic tapping, and it's making the same kind of water droplet ringing sound in your head each time. And as you look up, your vision goes white, and you hear, "Come home." Make me a uh, willpower check and a vitality check, or sorry. Vitality and intelligence, excuse me. You already did your uh, willpower check and failed. Ah. Intelligence and vitality. Well, intelligence passes. Vitality okay. does not. Oh, Four out of three. you are hung over. Uh, you need to make your way to the bathroom. Make <laughs> me an agility check, please. Oh. You got meatballs. Not great. How does my head feel? You still feel a bit ringy. Oh. 
I failed that nine out of uh, <laughs> nine out of six. You you immediately get up, uh, start kind of like feeling your head, and immediately feel like the the incoming vomit. Um, you rush towards the bathroom, and as you're rushing, you actually uh trip on the bed frame, and you trip into the bathroom. And as you fall, you release the vomit and manage to repaint your bathroom a nice shade of orange. Oh, gross. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, not great. Oh, oh, oh. I, uh, I look down, um, at my clothing. How much, Make how much vomit it. is on my clothing? Oh, no. <laughs> your cargo pockets are filled with vomit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reaching into fistfuls of Chef Boyardee. Uh, that's a nine out of. That's a nine out of four. Um, you do manage to get some on your on your shirt, on your like spectacles, in your hair, um, mostly your upper body. You were falling forward, luckily, so a lot of it did still make it into the bathroom. You uh, passed your intelligence check, correct? Just to reiterate, yeah. You're able oh, to yeah. remember the dream. It, it, you're remembering what just kind of happened in your dream. Because, you know, when you wake up and you start going about your day, a lot of times you forget. So, yeah, you got that knowledge. Right um, as you all are kind of, like, waking up, dealing with the vomit in your rooms or not, uh, you hear knocks on your door. You're all in the same hallway, like right next to each other. So you all hear the knocks go down kind of one in a row. Uh, all of you open your doors to see Rex McMaster standing there. Good morning, gentlemen. I trust that you slept well. I slept great. No, chef. More good. or less. Just another morning. I'm having the proprietors of this inn fix some breakfast for us and then we can head out. Um, did, uh, any of you see where, um, Rebecca got to? I haven't been able to find her yet this morning. Rebecca, Rebecca. You all remember Rebecca to be the Asura girl in your party, uh, from the crew. Actually, I don't. (laughs) I mean, I do. She's a, she's an elemental mage of sorts. Yeah. Boost doesn't remember (laughs) shit. She is. I think she's an Asura, right? Yep, she is the the chubby short Asura girl who is a who is an elemental mage. So is that how you responded to the captain, Mike? It's just like, hey, does anyone remember where she went? I do. And then you stop speaking. (laughs) Everyone out of character said they didn't know who she was, so I was reminding people. Also, did did I wake up at the same time as everyone else? Yes, this time around you did. Okay. Um, um... Wait, is she not in her room? I I checked this I checked this morning, but the door was open. Her belongings remain inside, yet I uh, I haven't been able to find her in town. Let me uh let me let me take a quick look. All right. Well, when you're done with your quick look, please do me a uh, favor and meet us back in the uh meet us back in the dining room. We will have some some beverages and f- sustenance waiting for you. I could go for a couple beverages right now. Cool. Uh, so do all of you just go downstairs and then Mike, what do you, what does Mr. G do? So Mr. G's gonna walk back in his room and close the door and he's kind of holding his head. Feels like shit. And, but like, honestly, more than the pain of the hangover, it's kind of like his dream. It's kind of weighing on him a little bit. 
and he's going to go into his pack and he's going to pull out that pill. Oh, yeah. That the nurse gave him. And he's going to look at it and he's going to pop that. How does he feel? Uh, make me a vitality check and a willpower check. Oh, okay. It's one of, is it, what is this, like an e-pill? It's got like multiple types of drugs in it. <laughs> All right. Vitality, I blackjacked. Willpower, I okay. got a five out of two. So, you feel fucking great. You pop this pill and within like a matter of seconds, the ringing in your head uh, is just gone thought of the past um the rest of your your body your your like remaining slight pain from your wounds being bound up yesterday and you feel pretty good you're able to move uh around pretty spry in your step uh you look around and your head actually uh as you turn around your head gets pretty light um and you start to kind of like loosen up a bit is the best way that I can kind of put it. You just kind of, like, if there was music, you would be dancing to this music without even knowing. So you're just kind of very loose. You're still able to stay in control and act, but um, you're not sure how accurate everything you're going to do is going to be, if that makes sense. Oh, God. So you're a well. little bit loose, but you feel <laughs> fucking great. So G's kind of like, he's still, his mind's still on that thing, but he's feeling, he's feeling a lot better. He's, he's, he's happy with his decision to take that pill. Um, is there, what does my room so look like? Pretty standard affair. Uh, uh, there is one big window behind you. Uh, couple of panes inside of it. It, I, everything in here is made out of wood. It's like a giant log cabin that you're inside of. There are two small end tables next to your bed. You have a pretty big bed, you would assume, uh, in our terms of bed sizes, maybe somewhere between a full and a queen. Uh, you have a small closet that has a uh, small uh, dresser drawer in the back of it, uh, room to hang up any clothes that you would need to hang up, and then there's a small bathroom, shower, toilet, sink, all pretty standard. How how big is oh, this window? Big. It opens. It opens. It's pretty big. It opens? Oh, perfect. So G is going to grab... He's going to leave his backpack right there. He's going to grab the skeleton key. He's going to sling that over his shoulder. He's going to grab the headset Um, that... uh, Oh, shit. Why am I forgetting her name? It's Nora, right? Yep. Yeah, Nora's the engineer. He's going to He's going to grab the headset that Nora gave him. And he's going to grab his capture sphere, and he's going to open the window and release Gary out okay. outside. And then um, as Gary kind of spirals out, he's going to beckon Gary over to him. And then very carefully and slowly, he is going to go out of the window and get on Gary's uh, back. Make me an agility check, because you're jumping from window to flying water dragon. No, no, not... Not jumping. Gary is parallel against the building, and he's very slowly and cautiously getting oh, onto the back of Gary. I still need you to have make a check, dude. Oh, my God. There's no way to avoid this. You just want to see G fall. That's a three <laughs> out of six. <laughs> Congratulations on not falling. Dude, but you're feeling too good to care. That's why this idea seems like such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, fuck stairs. 
I'm gonna climb out the window onto my magical fucking water dragon. What could go wrong? <laughs> so what are you doing now? All right, now that now that G is on the back of Gary, he's just grabbing onto the onto like Gary's horns, like the ones that flare back firmly, and he's just going straight up. It's flying right into okay. the air. Cool. Yeah, no. So you, you begin to kind of spiral into the air. Um, Gary kind of kick, kicks up speed and you're looking down on town, I assume. Oh yeah. No, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty high up and then I'm just kind of like looking for, looking for Rebecca, but also enjoying the view. I'm assuming it's like pretty close to dawn, right? It's still dark. It's There's dark. a little bit of light coming over the, uh, over top of the mountains at the moment. Oh, dude, perfect. I'm gonna watch a groovy sunset. A sunrise. I'm gonna watch a groovy sunrise, I mean. Uh, the sunrise starts to switch the, like, nighttime blues and purples, and immediately the light begins to kind of fill the open air, and it shines on you. It's so bright, you almost actually have to put on your fucking goggles to not be blinded by the impressive sunrise. Uh, but, and you and Gary are chilling there. Make me a sense check to look into town. It's small, but you do get, you still get two, uh, because you have your reroll as well. Yep, yep. Oh god, he's gonna take his dragon straight to Burning Man after this existential experience. (laughs) 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 Everything makes sense now. Um, best roll was seven out of four. Um, you flew pretty high up there. Um, it's a small village. There's a couple of people that are, um, walking about town. You think you see her. You're not 100% if it's her or not. Her or not. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm, me and Gary are gonna meander over in that direction. So meandering doesn't really happen cause you're a, you're flying on the back of a water dragon and you're descending from the sky. <laughs> I'm using my telepathic abilities going, going, be chill, bro. Be chill. But do his drugged, like, drugged positive vibes transfer over to Gary? And he's like, yeah, everything's great. (laughs) I could do this. Yeah, Gary actually has dreadlocks and a funky fresh (laughs) island vibe now. (laughs) um you kind of you try and slow roll the descent of your flying dragon as much as you can but once again big old dragon plus you it you guys do kind of like come come crashing a little bit into town it's not super fast you're able to control the landing not not too hard um and you come up you see silver is currently training outside um and I will come back to this in a moment. The rest of you, you what do you, you all just walk down to breakfast? Yeah, I just want food. I get boots, not boots. I am boots. I get Chaton. I get Chaton off my bed, pick him up, and carry him down to breakfast with me. Perfect. I don't let go of the wine or the sword, though, so I'm kind of juggling three things. I'm gonna need you to make me roll for that, then. I absolutely, you're carrying three <laughs> things. Please make me an agility check and a luck a check. Cat. Okay, so that's an eight out of seven agility and a ten out of six luck. Do I piss off Chaton? Yeah, you absolutely drop your cat. You absolutely do. And Chaton wakes up and 
Dylan, I need you to make an, a, a, an opposed dodge roll. I probably have this coming. Can I just take it? You are hit by an ember and your, uh, your beautiful blonde locks are singed in the front. It actually, uh, it deals one vitality wound and one style wound. Ouch. Shatan knows how important it is for you to look good. Wait, are you down to zero style? Or did you not dump that, that, that one? No, no, style was a three. Oh, okay. Um, cool. So you make your way down. Um, everybody who ha- who went straight downstairs being Johnny Law, Kenny, and, uh, Dennis, you see, uh, you see Adrian walk into the, uh, you see him walk into the dining room. Uh, his hair is smoking a little mm-hmm. bit and singed. You definitely distinctly smell burnt hair. Oh. Eh. I don't <laughs> care. Whatever. So you all enter this large circular, uh, room with a domed ceiling. Uh, there are rafters and, uh, wooden beams, uh, that kind of make the inside of the structure in here and support it. There are five tables inside, varying seats and sizes. You are sat at the largest table with enough space for everybody in your crew. Which includes Grooks, even though you guys still haven't seen Grooks since, uh, he went back into the mountains. <laughs> oh. See, he's protecting all your gear at camp still. Yeah, you guys just haven't oh, been back to okay. the ship. So, you all sit down. Uh, you all, uh, like walk in, get ready and sit down. You are served whatever eggs that you ask for. You all understand what eggs are. You can get over easy eggs or scrambled eggs or poached <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Just that's, that's options. apparently what they have the skills to cook as far as eggs. So no French omelet. No, that's no French omelets to go on top of your steak, unfortunately. All of you are served, uh, horned beast steaks with eggs. There is a side of some sort of sauteed, uh, greens with uh, some kind of onions inside of it. Um, and then a fruit cup. Oh, I don't want those. I don't want those onions. They're good onions. I I don't care how tasty they are. My hand turned into onions and then I cut them. <laughs> uh, at the sight of eggs, Johnny is immediately not psyched on it. So he kind of just pushes them off onto Kenny's plate. <laughs> Kenny doesn't even notice. He doesn't even look up and he's just like snout in plate eating. <laughs> are there any sort of uh, flaky pastries? You are served toast. There are muffins. Um, and. Is the toast made with a It's like, very bread? grainy. It definitely looks to have some sort of nuts and maybe some fruit in there. It's very, very hearty, but it's very filling, crusty bread. It's good bread. A Frenchman would admire this. Is there yogurt? Okay. I feel or good about that. In no, there's, there's no loose bread. Alright. No, not the bread. You were asking about the bread because I was talking about the bread. What? No! I said your yogurt. Sorry, I didn't hear the yogurt part. I just I I thought you just asked for looser bread, and I was like, no, they don't have that. That doesn't make sense. Looser bread is just beer. (laughs) They do have beer though. They do have beer. Uh, No thanks. I want yogurt and coffee, and if there's no yogurt, just the coffee, please. Is the coffee good, the coffee by the way? It is. It's not great, 
little bit burnt. This pot was over under. What's the over under on it's Duncan? It's better than Duncan, but what isn't? Okay. Water. No water is better than Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, well, it's clear water, so I guess it's better, yeah. I mean, depending on the region, just mixing dirt and water is better than Dunkin'. Is that not what Dunkin' does? <laughs> it's the wrong region. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. the uh, that's the Midwest Dunkin'. <laughs> the, the, they, they can't get coffee out that way. Well, to get back on this yogurt train... um, you ask for yogurt and they bring you out All yogurt aboard. with your fruit cup. Graham. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tangier than you're used to as far as yogurts go. And, um, it's a little bit, it's kind of a little bit looser than you're used to. But overall, still pretty yogurty. So loose. Well, tangy. So like, we talking like Greek or skier or however you pronounce the Icelandic one? Feels almost like a looser Greek yogurt. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. I can fuck with that. It, it's pretty nice because it like right. drizzles almost. Like you could glob it or drizzle it over the fruit or mi- or dump the fruit in and mix it pretty well. But it co- it coats your fr- uh, fruit uh-huh. cup really nicely. Uh, That's when you know yeah. it's good bread if you can drizzle it. Welcome to Warplord's <laughs> Kitchen. Uh, Jared, you yeah, asked uh, you asked <laughs> about the seeds of like trail mixes, uh, bird seeds, or just seeds as he calls them. <laughs> oh, all right then. Um, you could pick the seeds off the bread because you're served mostly wow. like no humanoid esque food. One star. No, I mean like there are seeds that you can eat off of anything else. You know what I mean? Like there's, like I said, there's pastries and stuff like that. You can cool. get some poppy it, seeds. They taste better when you when you gather them on your own. It's feeling kind of peckish. Oh, okay. Ugh. The vegan options in this burger <laughs> joint are inadequate. One star. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll give them five stars. Well, everybody in town probably eats here because it's one of only yeah, four exactly. buildings in town. Wait, are you telling me that restaurants almost outnumber residential uh, people houses? People come here. People come here specifically for the bed and breakfast. So that's why the like oh. bar and the bed and breakfast are well stocked. Little, little world building side note for you. As you guys are eating, you see Rex eventually come back in. Um, and I'm going to leave it there for you guys for a moment. So, Mike, Mr. G kind of flies down on Gary and you see Silver training kind of, uh, just in the middle of the open area of town. And you see Rebecca hiding behind a building, just staring at them, uh, fighting. Oh god. <laughs> um a way to be a creeper. Yeah, so I am going to as stealthily as possible kind of like glide down silently behind Rebecca and be like <laughs> This is going to go uh, so hey, well. what you uh what you looking at? <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling just so a chain of creepy life. people standing behind other I people. Have the element of <laughs> Mr. G is not creepy. You want to bet? <laughs> Rebecca, I'm I am here to find Rebecca and she is the one stalking children, okay? Yeah, so. you're stalking the stalker. <laughs> yeah, isn't I'm basically a cop. Basically, or a detective. two wrongs do make a right. <laughs> I'm basically more of a detective than Johnny Law at this point. I'm a very good cop because I don't do my job. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Bears eat beets. Does she does she notice me or no, do I have to, don't, do I have to have roll, roll something? To startle this girl. Um I'm not trying to startle her. I'm trying to sneak <laughs> sneakily. Trying to well, sneakily. let me roll a sense for her real quick because she's she's very enamored in what the fuck she's doing. I think she has a crush on a child. <laughs> she's really into yeah, staring she's at those in children. It to win it, guys. <laughs> you managed to to kind of fit Gary in between like some trees that she's hiding in, like on the other side of the house, and you float down behind her, and she's just very, once again, very engaged in what she's doing. Um, so you go, you you lean down, and what did you say again? It was like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, Rebecca, what are you what are you looking at over there? Yeah, that's this isn't creepy at all. You're absolutely right. Um, ah, ah, oh my god, oh, Mr. Oh, G. Oh, uh, hi. Um, what's what's going on? What what's going on with you? Uh, you were you were missing this morning. I got I got distracted. I wanted to I wanted to take a look and 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 learn a little bit more about the world and see what I could find, and I got distracted um, watching these boys fight. It was it was rather engaging, and um, oh my! You see that she pulls like she pulls a small like pocket watch out of her uh, out of her robes and puts it back. I've I have been here for some hours. My my goodness! Pe- are people are looking for me? You say? I mean, yeah, we're all we're all supposed to be having breakfast, and the captain said you were missing. He was, oh, he was quite worried. All right, well, let's yeah, let's go get some breakfast. Uh, and. Do you yeah, do anything uh, stupid to go back go. to eat breakfast? I feel like I have to ask. <laughs> I mean, at this point, he plans on um on just landing nicely, getting off getting off Gary, putting Gary back in the ball, and then he's going to share what he's learned uh about this world with Rebecca on the way on the way back to the bed and breakfast. That sounds that's there's so many the things wrong with that. I was thinking the same thing. On a magic <laughs> dragon ride. Why? <laughs> don't you dare close your eyes. No, no, we're not riding the dragon. He's going back in the ball. Oh, oh, is this after you got off in front of her? Yeah, he got off. Right in front of her. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Mr. G, not not Mr. CK, all right? <laughs> I'm not jerking off into plants. <laughs> um, and, and for the record, because I'm the only one who remembers this character at all, I'm fairly certain she's not a child. She's in her 20s of some kind. So yeah, what are you, what are you gonna say, Mike? Oh no, I, I'm just explaining like, so far, like, I'm telling her about our, in, like, I, I don't wanna say the whole thing, cause it's like a long thing. I'm telling you about our encounter with the weird, with the bees. With the vine-like creatures. Oh like, my god, what are you doing? Oh, I'm pulling a Mr. G right now. I'm sp- t- spending a large amount of time giving way too much information. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike, you basically fill her in. Um, it's, once again, not a very large town, so as you walk across town... Uh, you are maybe about halfway through the story of, of your recap... By the time you get to the door, and as you open the door and hold it open for her and walk in, you continue just talking at her, and she just, she's like walking around, she's like avoiding stuff, very much paying attention to every single bit of information you have to say. 
Oh, I was, I was gonna say, as we approach the door, he'll wrap it up by saying, um, and, and then there was like lots of snow, and, and these guys created snow, and then there was a, a metal spider, and it almost killed us, and, uh, now we're here. But as soon as you're like, oh no, it's breakfast time, my job's done, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, G is not hungry. He is full of euphoria right now. (laughs) He will have some coffee, though. So you walk in, um, at this point, uh, everybody is now back together. Uh, Mr. G, you walk into this large open uh, space. Some people have chosen to take out their beasts. Once again, um, Dylan, since Chaton is out, and Graham, I assume Dennis kept Bug out because you were feeling creepy. Oh yeah, he 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 just walked down with me. They are brought out uh, specific treats for them to eat. They are described to you as poffins. They're like these yeah, like yeah, big yeah. croissant, like circular, almost like donuts with crackles in the top. And in the crackles are different colored um, doughs or flavorings. Wait, so they're, they're croissants. So does Boots get one too? Well, I mean, he's in handsome boy form, so no. I turn myself into a cat and ask for a croissant. <laughs> I, Johnny will pull out uh, Lucky as well. Okay. He gets, I assume he gets a, a, a poppin? Poffin? Poffin. P-O-F-F-I-N. At this point, Mr. G, you walk in on your party, mostly done breakfast, because they didn't wait. Um, I mean, well, why would it's we? fitting. Why, why would you? Uh, Rex is just sitting down to eat his at this point, and he sees you walk in. And he, and he looks, uh, as seeing that you have Rebecca. Ah! Great, 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 great. Wonderful. Uh, Mr. G, Rebecca, please, please take a seat. And he kind of ushers you, and you see people taking out their beasts and feeding them, Mike, and you are served a full plate of food. Oh, I have no interest in that food. Uh, Mr. G, Mr. G just takes a, takes a coffee, and then, uh, whoever, whoever the person is presenting these, um, beast treats, he'll say, uh, um, do you have anything that would be good for a, um, a very large dragon? Do you have any dragon treats by any chance? Yes, yes, we do. If you if you release it, we can we can make it specific for your beasts, sir. Oh, I was, I mean, I was gonna go eat out, feed him outside, but I guess there's room. There is room. I guess here. you can eat in here. Yeah, I just don't really like, not really feeling the vibe in here. Lots of you know fluorescent lighting. Um, up. If if them if them's the rules, and then he, he released Gary. Great. So, Capture Sphere pops. You see the blue light that makes up uh, Gary as his form kind of crescendos to the uh, ceiling. Uh, Let's out a roar as he fully forms into the the blue, white, and brown water dragon known as Gary. Um, Looks down, and the server... Uh, looks up at, uh, looks up at Gary. She, uh, walks over and she pets Gary on one of his, uh, tubular segments that makes up his, uh, his body. I'll be out with, uh, I'll be out with a poffin for your, for your water dragon, as you're calling it. Momentarily. I mean, he might need, like, a bunch. He's quite the, large. the person had turned and started walking away as soon as it, like, petted it. I have a question. It's stupid, but yeah, I feel like it's I something that we need to know. 
for immersion. So now that we know that sacred beasts eat, I would also assume that they defecate. So the question is, is it like when people have dogs and they're expected to clean up after their animals? And if so, does Mr. G have to clean up massive Gary-sized shits. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> uh, yes, the beasts do uh, require uh, require bathroom times. All of them are different. All of them are different sizes. All of them are different consistencies. Is it like a Tamagotchi? Can I just like put a button on the spirit and then it just no, like no? There is no toilet it? function in the. You can walk around with little bags. <laughs> So what you're saying is Mr. G has to pick up, like, fucking human-sized shits. Here's my secondary follow-up and last question. Are people typically responsible sacred beast owners, or do a lot of them just leave the defecation along the paths that we all walk on? I mean, shit varies. It, it, it It's going to depend on exactly so where like, you are, to be honest. Dude, we... There are places that are more reputable to live and travel in than others. So maybe in the irreputable parts, like there's Jurassic just shit Park everywhere. Style. It's like one <laughs> massive, Gary. <All> yeah. Right. <laughs> massive mountains. Oh, God, dude. That <laughs> yeah, poop. There's so many reasons see. that poop pile was unrealistic. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with that movie. Dude, I will not open Pandora's box of you talking shit about Jurassic Park because because what? then we can't be friends. <laughs> but it's it's so bad, and I hate Steven Spielberg a lot. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so, getting back on track here. Um, yeah, you guys now eat breakfast. You are brought out one of these things called a poffin, Mike, after a couple of minutes. Uh, it is like a donut-sized swirled pastry. It has cracks in the top of it and crumbles. Inside of those cracks and crumbles, you see a blue coloration similar to Gary on it. He eats it right mm. up. Nom, nom, Every, nom, nom, all nom. of them just need one. Everybody gets one. He, he seems content. He seems content. If you decide to not eat your breakfast, he I will eat your breakfast, though. Yeah. Alright. He seems content. Okay. I'm going to give him some pets. Gary fucking loves pets. Just saying. He starts to, he starts to roar yeah, kind no, of playfully almost. And he starts to kind of wiggle around a bit. Everybody else inside of the building gets a little bit nervous there for a moment as Gary starts to thrash about in the dining room. Um, <laughs> but otherwise breakfast kind of passes. Um, Rex at the end of his meal gives a purple and turquoise poffin to his large dragon uh boom burst that is sitting behind him he pats it on a he pats it on, pats it on the head and ruffles the fur, a gray fur collar around its neck and he looks at everyone so i think we should go see the professor we should inform him of what we've discovered from our own world that we found Maybe the professor can fill in some blanks for us all. Uh, what does it say to you at this card? <laughs> Adrian! Adrian, uh, I need you to pay attention, Quoi? son. I need you to pay attention. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I am paying attention. I say as I turn back into a French boy and start petting my cat. <laughs> One of the relics. 
is being held uh, on this planet. Oh yeah, I I vaguely remember that from last night. Vaguely. This isn't just a matter of an issue that they're dealing with on on this world, and a matter of Silver missing his sister. This affects us now too. Our priorities are split, but they're equally important. I'm going to have the grounds crew assist in recovering the relic. Everyone else will work on fixing the ship. Does that sound good? Wait, chef. Don't forget the uh, uh, El- Elvis. His name's Elvis, right? Alvis. Oh, don't forget uh, Alvis. He's going to do some um, information. Uh, you look and Alvis is not here. He's the only one of your companions besides Grooks who isn't here at this moment. I haven't forgotten. Elvis left this morning. Oh, good. Good to know. Um, I also haven't forgot what you asked last night, Mr. G. You had mentioned that you wanted to work on something. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I'd, I'd like to talk about it uh, with as many experts as possible, maybe, uh, with, uh, with you and, uh, Nora and, um, the professor present. Maybe we can, we can figure out what kind of applications these, uh, strange stones did. I, I think you've seen them when we were outside the cave, uh, what, what we might be able to do with these. That's a good idea. Let's wait until we're in the presence of the professor. Maybe he'll have some other information that we won't. Gotta tell you, man, I, I felt pretty, you know, indifferent toward them, um, since I obtained them, but, oh, just something about, you know, this morning, I'm just getting bad vibes from him now. He, he kind of just, he's like fixated on like a coffee cup, just kind of like watching. You're kind of like watching the reflections and you're, you all feel a bit shifty this morning. Every single one of you feels a little bit shifty. Like you're a little bit confused. Hopefully we'll be able to find a use for whatever those things truly are. And maybe the professor will have an answer. But I see no sense in wasting any more of the day. Let's get at it. Is everyone ready to meet out front within the next ten minutes with their belongings? Great. Yes, indeedy. Wait, chef. Peter Patter, let's get at her. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll meet you all out front. Please don't keep me waiting. And you go and you collect your things. I'm not going to have anyone roll for anything because it's just going to take time. We don't need it to take. Um, I mean, p- collecting all your belongings while on drugs seems like it might be pretty hard, though. God damn it, here it comes. Also, I'm looking for things I can <laughs> steal like, from I the room. Steal the small <laughs> Make yes. me a sense check, Dylan. <laughs> That is a four out of three. Four out of three? Yeah, this looks pretty standard. Um, like, like a Bible? There's no Bible. There's n- it's it's overwhelmingly empty in no here. Soap. Um, tiny little shampoo. <laughs> no, like there's soap. There, there's there's the basics. Like there's towels. The most expensive. There's no is there mini, a mini bar. bar. The most expensive thing that you're gonna find in here is having is like. You could try and salvage some of the knobs off of the fucking dresser drawers or try and rip some of the metal or try and like rip some of the metal off of like the wall and sell that for scrap. I can strip the lining. I can strip the copper. That is the the only thing here that is worth anything. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm just going to take the stuff that doesn't require mechanical expertise, like the soaps and pillowcases and shit. 
Wait, wait, you're including the pillowcases as like a normal thing to steal? You find four pillowcases that are made out of some silky cottony material, fairly soft. Um, you find two small bars of soap and a small bottle of shampoo. Congratulations. How about toilet paper? There is some toilet paper. If you feel the need to take some TP, you can steal the TP too. Cool, yeah. So that takes up the majority of your time. Uh, Dylan, as Boots is kind of getting ready, you, you don't manage to leave any of your own shit behind as like your top, your clock is starting to tick. Um, you manage to, to take everything from the room that you need to and get all your belongings and get out. Everyone else, you're able to just perfectly awesome. find gather all your things. Um, cool. Yeah. So all of you run back downstairs. You meet Rex McMaster's, uh, out front with the, remainder of your party so everyone you see out waiting outside you see anna maria the uh half verger half human female wearing that like patchwork plate mail with a bunch of different um seeming like some sort of cloth that ties it all together um you see rebecca the short chubby uh female asura with her light uh bluish purple skin and her four arms you see nora rocks the tiny um female uh human with black hair uh and glasses hey, and Xander. then you see rex can i do one thing before we go okay so basically I'm just going to write a quick little note that says sorry about the mess and leave a 25 credit like tip on the bed of the note that says sorry about the mess okay. as well as a pair of latex gloves. <laughs> so you all walk outside. You see your party members standing outside and um Rex turns and he goes, "All right. Well, let's uh let's grab silver and Let's head towards uh, Centralia City to go meet up with the professor. He turns and he scans uh, about town. And all of you see uh, Silver is still in the same spot that he was last night. Uh, Mr. G, you already knew this because you saw Silver still fighting outside moments ago. Um, but everybody else now sees Silver is still training outside. Um, he's fighting probably early 20-somethings uh, beast trainer and also with silver hair, probably about shoulder length and he's wearing a, a black t-shirt and like cargo pants and boots. He uh, he is using a uh, a mantis reaper, which you all know <gasps> to be son bug. of a bitch. Well, you saw him last night. You saw him using the, the mantis reaper last night too. Oh. I yeah, that's I don't something else. That. I don't remember that. Silver, silver is using something else. Well, no, I know that. No, it, I don't it remember was... it being the same creature too. It was okay. Yep. And the DM has spoken. So as you all, uh, as you all kind of start rolling up, you see the two combatants uh, kind of step back for a moment, and you see that Silver has Nightwing out. You all remember Nightwing to be the small bat. No, isn't it? Isn't it the Red Hood? Yeah, it's the Red Hood. Yeah, that's a that's a Batman joke for everyone that doesn't know. At oh, least okay. I think it's a Batman joke. It is. It is a Batman right? joke. You no, are did I correct. get it right though. You did get it right. It is okay. a it is a Batman joke. You got it. It's not an Arrow joke. I know comic books. No, 
Who the fuck's the Red Hood from the Arrow? Red Hood? Red Hood is Jason Todd. You all see this purple bat with big old with big old crab like claws. Uh it's got leathery sort of like plating on the outside. Um it looks very, very hard. Uh it's got a bulbous tail with a large point on the end of it. Um you see Silver go. Yeah, good job, Nightwing. And he high fives the, uh, his beast. And as they high five, you see Nightwing's form begin to change. It begins to glow a soft purple and a soft blue. And the energy itself reminds you of when you recall your, your, uh, your sacred beast into the capture sphere. However, his form starts to shift and it starts to kind of grow and enlarge and after a moment the smaller purple bat uh, known as nightwing is now about double the size its large bulbous tail now has two long vicious points on it um its crab-like claws grow larger in size and they become more vicious you see uh you see the sacred beast in its new form now kind of uh testing out and moving around as its form fully begins to set. Its claws almost sound like metal when it gnashes them together. It sounds very, very mechanical and very fast. Um, you see a large set of leathery black wings that eject on the back. And now the hard armored exoskeleton of Nightwing um, looks... It looks to be a bit more segmented, and now it's like a periwinkle blue that shines nicely in the light. Um, its eyes are like two gold coins that just look around and dart around quickly, and it has a like large row of razor fang teeth. This thing, like I said, grew about double in size in front of your eyes, changed coloration, and looks entirely different. Double in size in front of your eyes. <laughs> phrasing, phrasing, and phrasing. Uh, is it customary to change the name of a sacred beast when they change shape, or is the name still no? It them? stays. So he's no, he's not Nightwang. He's not Nightwang. No, he is Wang. not. <laughs> phrasing. Did you just assume that they don't want to change their own names? Danger. That's not cool. Oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> how do that? How terrible of me. <laughs> Welcome to GM's Nightmare, where four people terrorize a GM. Where p- four people yell at me over something I made up. <laughs> so Silver just kind of looks dumbfounded. And he goes, yes, Nightwing, awesome. And they like embrace and hug for a moment. And the new form of Nightwing kind of picks him up and they spin around for a moment in the air and they like drop back down. And then Silver just kind of turns and he looks and he sees all of you. Guys, morning. How's it going? Hello there, Silver. Did you keep battling all night? Yep. Oh, is Nightwing okay? Because after that, that seems tiring. Yes, um... We did kind of, we did push it a bit, but we did, we, we took a small break after, after you went back to the, uh, bed and breakfast. Oh, okay. It wasn't straight through at least. Yes. Um, I was planning on, on stopping over once again though to, uh, to get some breakfast for, for Nightwing and the rest of the, rest of my buddies before heading out. Are you, you guys are heading back to, uh, to Centralia as well, right? Uh huh. Okay, good. Um, Give me, give me a moment. I'm, I'm gonna go 
get healed up and, and get some, some food. And then we can head out? Is that cool? Uh, I don't That's see why not. That's a marvelous not. idea. All Ruby. right. So you guys all, like, uh, <laughs> stand outside and make light conversation. Silver runs inside. As soon as Silver is out of sight, I suggest that we leave him behind and go. <sighs> do, do you actually? Yes. Can we leave you behind instead? <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave Silver it, behind. It's a child. He's freaking me out. <laughs> I mean, he is a child. You have already tried to shoot this child. Rex just kind of like looks at you. No, we're not leaving him behind. Aww. You you owe him a debt at this point. You realize that, right? All of you. I mean, I know it enough to name a sacred beast after him. Following up with Rock, Silver Rock. I mean. Captain, I, I, I don't want to leave the kid behind, but I, I'm just curious as to why we'd owe him a debt. I mean, well, you were there to help him get his sister back, and uh, to my count, we are down one sister. And Silver then comes back out. All right, we're uh, we're good to go. Are you guys ready to go? Yes, we are. <laughs> Pleasure to have you back, Silver. Not that you would not be here for any reason, of course. We're just waiting patiently, um, yes. and no one, no one said otherwise. All right, isn't it a little bit early for you guys to be acting this weird? Uh, no. no. <laughs> or you're just this weird all the time. Probably that last one there. Okay. Well, I, I have to admit I am slightly medicated at the moment. Gotcha. Hey, Mr. G, want some of this bourbon? It'll make you feel real good. Oh, I think I, I think I've had enough of the bourbon for a little while. Um, anyway, who wants to, who wants to get on the dragon? Let's go. And he, he releases, uh, Gary and, I'll and jumps on. on. I'll get on the dragon. <laughs> Every time. Silver just goes, no, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk. I'm all set. <laughs> and he turns and he starts leaving. Any anyone else? Anyone else want to want to take a good old Gary ride? It's it's beautiful up there. Wow, I definitely don't now. <laughs> I can do that on my own, Senator. There's there's a reason I didn't vote for you, Senator. It's this kind of this kind of attitude that I want to exercise. Sorry, just want to walk. Rex, uh, Rex, and. The remainder of your crew turn and they walk out as well. None um, of them want to ride on the dragon. None of them <laughs> want to ride on the dragon with you. Thanks for singling just me out, though, for not wanting to ride. That's well, cool. you're the only one who spoke up. The rest of them, I guess, just stared at me. <laughs> cool. So you guys all leave town, and as those people who are walking or flying close to the ground, um, Silver just looks up towards the gate. Hey Joko, can you uh can you let us out? And you see the caramel skinned boy with the white hair come out. Um he tosses something over top of the wall, and you see uh one of his monkey sacred beasts jump up off the top, catch it and slam it down, uh, and then the gate begins to open. Goodbye, Silver, have a have a wonderful day, and congratulations on the evolution. I saw it from up here, my man. Good job. And then Silver just kind of nods. Thanks, Joko. I don't know when I'll be back. 
hopefully I see you soon. And they like make their exchange, do like a cool nifty little high five thing from like top of the tree and on the ground and then turn and walk out. And, and all that was of you the last follow. time they ever saw each other. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, let's, I'm not going to. Let's go with no for now. Yeah, so you're flying. Uh, have Gary make me an agility check, Mike. Um, I totally have his sheet right here. It is the last thing I sent you. I have it right here. (laughs) We're not doing this again. I will take Gary away if you're not ready with his sheet. Why are you just take Gary away? Just save a screen cap to your desktop, Mike. That's what I do. Uh, it's an eight out of four. Wow. Gary's having a rough morning. He's like a little bit too full of poffin to fly correctly. Uh, you guys don't make, make an impressive pace ahead of the rest of your party who are walking. Wait, are you saying that, that the flying dragon can't fly as fast as a group of people that are walking? He ate a lot of food. He is. That one pastry filled him up. He has an eating disorder. <laughs> I, I had a question for Johnny. Johnny, are you are you flying as well? Will, are you? Sorry, I got to talk in character, huh? Um, well, I'm asking actually, you if no, you're flying or not. Well, it would really depend on the speed of the people in the back, because basically he would just be making he would be traveling with the people that are slower, like the uh, Dennis's, like the, the Dennis's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's what they call us. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't mean to like single him out that way, but yeah, if you want to be like that, yeah, the Dennis's, the on <laughs> yeah, I mean, the wingless. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, he would just travel with the, those in the, in the rear, I think is what he, what he said. Yeah. So you're, you're intentionally flying a bit slow behind everybody. Yeah. He's like, he's like vulturing above, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of like looking around. <laughs> well, I think I like, um, Mr. G's gonna pull Gary up next to him and, uh, ask Johnny. Hey, uh, you didn't have a weird, any sort of weird dream last night, did you? I'm just curious. I've been having a, an odd feeling since, uh, since my dream that I had last night. Only the same dream that I have every night, John. Uh, sorry, Mr. G. My name, my name's Mr. G. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Operating two wings and two hands can, Use a lot of brain power. <laughs> <laughs> what and what? What would that that dream be? It wasn't. It was nothing different. You the only thing just a dream weird. about my childhood, but nothing unusual. If you must know, what was your dream about? I, I don't know. It was. Uh, I I usually don't have such vivid dreams. It was a. Uh, it was some sort of. I don't know. It almost looked like me, and then this black and red hand consumed me i the whole place was was white it was a this whole odd surreal city i I don't know it i felt like it meant something it it i don't know i i was wondering if anyone else had had another similar experience are we communicating through like earpiece right now no i'm flying like right next to you oh you came back with gary can okay. I hear them because I'm sitting behind them? Yeah, you're them? here. You're here. You're yeah, present. We're in the air. We're like, hey, <laughs> did you have any dreams last <laughs> No, no. I'm like, like, Gary's floating, but he's not, he's not like in super high in the air. Like, I'm just kicking it with the group. And I assume if you're near Dennis, Dennis could hear it too. 
Uh, Dennis is on the ground. Dennis would have to make a sense check if he wants to be involved. Um, so, how yeah, loud Graham, is it? What? How loud is it? Is it? It's loud enough that I would be able to hear it's it. It's loud enough that you'd be able to hear it, but you definitely have to kind of focus on them to, to make everything out. Because they're oh. flying directly overhead. When, when Johnny said he was flying in the back with a group, I thought he was just like flying like low to the ground. Like with oh no, I thought he, he he said he was vulturing, so I assumed he was above people. Oh, okay. Well, I guess Dennis isn't isn't there yet. Isn't there then? He's below you, but he can hear you. I I I would assume I wouldn't be specifically listening to up there though. No, I mean like I'm sure if you heard like if you caught a whiff of what was happening, maybe you'd pay attention or contribute. Okay. Well, the way you the way you worded it before, like if I was listening up there, which I doubt I would be, but I'll I'll roll the sense for it. Johnny's up there. I will shut it out. I don't care what noise comes from above. Uh, I did pass the sense check. Okay. I got a you one out of three. do manage to hear their conversation bits and pieces because you're not paying attention. But right. you do hear the bit about weird dreams. So I, I shout up to them, wait, you guys had weird dreams too? Oh, wait. Yeah. Maybe we should go down and talk to him. <laughs> How about yeah, let's you? Do it uh, like this. How about you, Mister Mister Boots? How, what was your night like? As as we like slowly float down toward uh toward Dennis. I had a dream that that was uh not pleasant. What what? It it was not pleasant. <laughs> un, un, oh. The, the the dream. It was very uh scary. That is why I don't want to be around Silver. It involves children. <laughs> uh, Johnny kind of locks that one away, like, noted. Cat scared <laughs> of Silver. <laughs> Save for later. <laughs> <laughs> noted. At this point, I think we're like down, like floating next to, next to Dennis. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, you're, you're, both pretty low to the ground like boots if you decided you ever wanted to jump off you would have no repercussions for doing so this one time no, um, i'm good yeah you you're pretty close to the ground all of you guys are kind of chatting about your weird dreams once again full-on large group of people here no one gets in your way you guys are able to waltz down the hill, uh, traverse and make pretty good time because all the people that are kind of flooding this small valley, once again, very, very soft green grass. Uh, there's a nice breeze rolling through the hills today. It's a beautiful day. Um, you guys walk uninterrupted. You make well, yep, it to Centralia City and outside of the gates, you see Ellis and Mara. Uh, the small Tengu girl and the, uh, blonde she boy that you had met yesterday. Uh, Silver runs up and Silver runs like right up to him and they all hug and he goes, Oh guys, it's so great to see you. And you all walk up into town. As you all enter town, Ellis, Mara and Silver are having a like small conversation. Um, and Professor Bonsai comes to meet you at, uh, at the front gate of town. Ah, hello! It's it's good to see all of you. Silver mentioned last night he called me to fill me in on the details of what had happened. I'd, I'd like it if you all came back to my lab for a moment so we could discuss things maybe a bit further and, um... Next steps, so to say? Does that sound fair? Sounds back fine to the lab again, yo. 
Great. <laughs> Wait, what? What the hell? <laughs> when did when did Johnny Law start becoming a yo person? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was doing an Eminem thing. Oh. <laughs> it didn't go over well, apparently. <laughs> Who is this M and M? Like Mr. M? Yeah. Maybe he knows something of my past. <laughs> uh, it seems that maybe you had a moment where you had to lose yourself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I, I see what we did there. We're still on the M&M joke, I see. That's what's <laughs> happening here. I gotcha. Snap back to reality. We're going back into game and away with the M&M reference. Held it. You all, uh, you all walk across town. Um, you look around and like you see the majority of the damage from the fight yesterday um is being taken care of you see a couple of uh of people who have the same sigil that bryce was wearing it's that um it's that orange and red dog and there's a heart in the center of it uh where the dog like right where the dog's snout is uh you see all of these people are kind of like fixing the rubble where it broke a bit um some people are cleaning up like the outside of houses knocked over plants and stuff like that but the majority of like any of the big damage from that fight is gone damn they clean up quick they yeah there were yeah there are a lot of people kind of manning the streets today you didn't see this many people yesterday (laughs) in the in town they only have like three buildings they didn't have that much work to do well, not this town. This town's actually pretty, pretty bustly. It's got a lot of buildings. Yeah, New Centralia has like apartments and shops oh, yeah. and all types of cool Guys, stuff. we're out of, we're out of this, we're, we're out of the starting town. There's more than four buildings. It's okay. You still see like some of the rubble is like brought up from where like some people like had fallen and like crashed. There's some, there's like very minimal surface damage. You still see some of the burn marks and scarring on the gate that people are trying to work on. The scarring on the gate from where it got set on fire is the most notable part of it. Okay. Uh, once again, just because it's wood that got burned, there's not much right. they can really do to fix that unless they had like a way to like epoxy a new fitting piece to it and then painted it. But it doesn't look like they're going with that course of action. Probably the right thing to do. Yeah. But most of, most of the damage that can be repaired looks pretty repaired. Okay. Um, the professor looks over and he goes, we had quite a night over here. We were interrogating those members who we had uh, kidnapped a little bit more to see if they uh, had any plans or had anything they could tell us. Unfortunately, these low-level grunts don't seem to be informed about what they're truly doing. Seems as though their leadership is altering their their motives so they don't feel that they're committing evil deeds. Now, I've heard from these robed gentlemen that we... Uh, interviewed last night before this they had been stealing sacred beasts from from trainers all across the the cronus region to our east this uh seems to be a bit concerning i haven't heard any of these reports before um as as he's telling you about like the fact that this group of people seems to be responsible for the capturing and uh like theft of sacred beasts you all walk up to that long bridge with the series of gates that line it you hear the tweeting of uh 
flying type beasts, some of the small pigeon looking ones or like crow looking ones are kind of sitting on there cawing lightly. There are those large sacred beasts that are like periwinkle gray that have large rippling muscles like muscles so big their skin almost looks like it's ripping and ribbed with extra muscle they stand watch at the uh at either side of the gate you all walk across and you once again see the large um box like round roofed building that makes up professor bonsai's lab and once again you see the large uh deep deep green bonsai tree that provide shade to this all this this small little outcrop island that he lives on you all walk inside and he kind of looks around and all the doors are closed and all of you are left alone in there with him um bryce actually is waiting at the table and he's the only other person that enters besides your party so once again you see bryce the large jotun man with the gray yellowish stone-like skin and the the cracks of earth in his like actual form he's wearing a leader right yeah he's the gym leader yeah he's wearing a uh he's wearing a skin tight black v-neck today and he once again has that sigil his sigil on the chest of his v-neck it's the uh once again it's the picture of his sacred beast fuega which is the large orange tan and black dog beast that shoots fire from its mouth and it's got a it's got a little heart shape right on its nose booping that snoot so um you all are left here and professor bonsai kind of looks down for a moment then looks back up at you so i wanted to talk to you all about further involvement i know we had discussed previously that You would assist us, and we would assist you. In good faith of this, I have already placed an order for all the supplies I think that you'll need. They're available for you all to pick up in High Centralia City, should you see fit. That's much appreciated. You are very welcome. Although the outcome isn't the one that we were all hoping for, we still got more information, and that itself is valuable. However... I do fear that, given our current resources, we are on the losing side of this battle. I would very much appreciate if you all could see it in yourselves to aid us further, um, if you could help us recover Rose and stop these, these villains. Once again, I don't want to put any unwanted pressure. I understand you all have your own goals and agenda to keep in mind but i've seen what you can do and if you stay here and and work with sacred beasts i'm sure that you'd be able to help us out and we would be in your debt in doing so i think i speak on everyone's behalf when i say that we'd be more than happy to help he like says without even waiting Rex literally just uh, uncrosses one of his crossed hands and holds it up like, just, alright, what? Um, Professor, uh, please do not think that Johnny speaks for all of us. <laughs> That's not really a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, let's just go save the world. No big deal, right? I'm not, I'm, I didn't mean to startle you or make it seem like we're ungrateful for anything that you have provided us thus far, Professor. Um, 
we had discussed the same thing last night. We have actually found that one of our relics from our dying world is being held here. It seems that our goal does fit in line with your end goal as well. So we will help you in this quest. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, save the world. <laughs> no big deal. Well, that is, um, that is great news. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, this is, once again, this is Bryce talking, the, the large Yoten man. Last night after Professor Bonsai and I interrogated those, uh, those robed guys, they told us that they're forming something called the League of Evil, and they're looking to resurrect the, the one true god, is, is all they know. That sounds very evil. It sounds super not great. When this world was first created, we, we all are from the creator, the first sacred beast. We wouldn't be here without it. Apparently, these zealots think that the legendary beast that is, is, it's the darkness itself of this world. They view that as their true creator. It seems to be like some kind of religious cult is what I found out about it. I, I pressed them a little bit further and I, I roughed them up a bit and that's all the other information I could really get out of them. And I presented this to the Isle of the Elites. The, the five people who run the entire world. They were the ones to, to reach back out and tell Professor and I that, uh, these people have been stealing, uh, stealing sacred beasts in the, the Cronus region. Given the fact that they, uh, took that book from the library that, that Rose was keeping safe, and they took Rose herself, I, uh, I fear that they may have a new in for resurrecting the Beast of Darkness. It's, uh, it, it doesn't seem, seem great, but this has been brought to the attention of, of the most powerful people that we possibly could tell. And they're working on it. They'll be f- providing us some information as we go forward. Wait, so you're saying these guys, they think they're good guys, right? It seems that way. They don't think what they're doing is bad. Wait, so they're called the League of Evil and they think they're doing good. Yeah. Yeah, do they not they, like... They also didn't seem to understand the correlation between their name and and what they're doing. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm, I want to create the League of not evil. And that, that will be the, the league that I will make right now. League of not evil. Well, it seems like, it seems like the solution here is just like basic, like English classes or like a dictionary. Like, the- <laughs> yeah, I mean, once like, you guys interrogated them too, these guys didn't seem very smart. I was, what were your uh, interrogation tactics? What levels of torture did you use when you were interrogating your witnesses? <laughs> You rip off the fingernails. Well, I like... did some punching, I did some kicking, okay. and then I course, I, I yeah. did some spitting as well. Um, ah, always. Yeah, no, exactly. The the punching <laughs> worked the best. You, it sounds like they didn't really know anything, but did you make sh- absolutely sure? Um, I exhausted as many options as I could. Ah, fair. I know. I know the struggle. It's hard. It's very hard to get a witness to stop holding out. Sometimes you just gotta keep hitting. Well, like uh, hitting somebody in the head who is already in custody. Exactly. Thanks, callback. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, the professor kind of speaks up at this moment. The beast, beast of darkness. I've heard about it only in, in legend. This beast grew envious of the creator's power and grew even more envious that humans would bond with the creator's sacred creations. Uh, this, this beast got others to rise up under its name once without the aid of humans or without the aid of these relics and it almost spelled disaster for this entire planet. So I must urge you all to be careful in what, in what you find. I, 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 I fear what this thing could become in the wrong hands. Like the Legion of Evil. I don't, I truly don't think that those imbeciles could even comprehend a being of this power if, if they're even able to resurrect it. Alright, so stick with me for a second here. I have a thought. So, if they're really bad with words, and we create a legion called the Legion of Not Evil, we probably could trick at least some of them into joining the Legion of Not Evil by thinking that it's the Legion of Evil, and then they'd flip-flop sides. What if we called it Not the Legion of Evil? I think that rolls off the tongue better. Not the le- That's actually a really good idea, Mr. G. Not the Legion of Evil. It's- not the most straightforward plan I've ever heard. Wait, wait, I have a new name. I have a new name. Not the Legion of Evil, the other Legion, the one that is good. How about that? <laughs> wait, no, no. Guys, guys, I, I love this game. I got it. I got it. What about the Legion of Evil who does good stuff? No, it needs it needs more words. You need you need to add oh, more okay. words so they can they understand what you're saying. Like like my shop. Mr. God G's Emporium, it. 50% off, everything must go. There's no way you could misunderstand what's going on in that shop. The the legion of evil who does good things, but they call themselves evil, even though they are not evil? Boots, that's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, usually I I think that you have really bad ideas, but that that's a billion dollar idea right there. <laughs> good job, Boots. What was it? The legion of not evil... A legion of evil that does good things, even though. Oh man, can you say no, that it's, again? No, it's the the legion, the legion of evil, but they do good things, so they're not actually evil. I believe that was the name. I mean, it that does seem like what they're trying to sell themselves as. So I think that's a good one. No, I like that's our it. group. Yeah, that's I like this group. one a lot. Yeah, it's a good group. Professor, is there a some sort of textile or like tailor you can make like shirts? Um, I. We there are there are tailors in in High Centralia City. I I could get you in touch with if you truly need to make shirts for your team <laughs> or whatever you're gonna call call it. Um, I was going to say that given the fact that we are down an important resource and the fact that there are first-hand accounts of these these bandits attacking. I was going to send Silver and your party to the Cronus region. And once I send you to the Cronus region, I'll have you get in touch with a colleague of mine, Professor Hemlock. He is an expert on rare sacred beasts. And trees. Well, everybody likes trees. 
Wait, uh, Professor, what's this resource that you keep referring to? What resources are are you talking about? Just just the manpower you have available, or? Well, the resource I I am directly referencing is uh, I was trying to be more subtle about it to be to be completely frank with you, Mister G. Um, but Rose, unfortunately, Rose is the the most knowledgeable, as she is the caretaker of the library. She has understood the language of of old something that even i can't understand to translate that book in uh, if we get it back we would need rose to do so or professor hemlock could do it so given our situation i'm more inclined to send you to him all right so uh when do we uh how are we getting there when do we leave by boat there is a there oh, is a no. large boat that will take all of you across the ocean. It will take you a full day to get there. But, upon arriving, you'll be pretty close uh, to the town where Professor Hemlock lives. And you should be able to find him there. Oh, yes, boats. The uh, the most efficient and quick of travel. Oh, of so course. work quite well. How else would you get from A to B? Is, is there some other means of getting there? Because I had a scary dream about a boat last night, and now I'm scared of water, even more than I was. <laughs> um, no, I, unfortunately, the distance between our two, our, our two lands is too great. Uh, flying on the, flying on the back of a beast would be too difficult, and you would have to take Many breaks. It would honestly take you longer. You do not have a flying machine? What is a flying machine? I mean, I, I don't have a flying machine. What kind of backwards planet is this if we do not have a flying machine? We fly on the back of, of our sacred beasts when they trust us enough to do so. Well, I fly on the backs of my allies whenever I need to get something accomplished, so I completely understand that. Captain, <laughs> I will give this to you. Professor Bonsai gives the captain a receipt. You'll need to recover all of the uh, the processed materials from High Centralia City as well. So you can accompany your party over to High Centralia and make sure they get on the boat properly. One last thing. Since you all are going to be staying here a bit longer, I think that we should make you official beast trainers. Have you all formed a bond with the beasts that you have? Oh, really? absolutely. My beast loves me. Lucky is a sweetheart. I've been holding Chaton in my arms this whole time. I kind of assumed you were. I just assumed <laughs> that Chaton is more part of your outfit than child at this point. Um, <laughs> great. So all of you are happy with the beast that you've chosen then, correct? Oh, absolutely. Right? I am so confident that even if I asked Lucky, I'm sure that he would love to accompany me. And you know what? I'm going to do it right now. He like, he pokes the ball. <laughs> I do declare. Uh, so he's going to put, he's going to push the button, uh, and Lucky's going to come out. Lucky pops out his, his silky orange fur. He kind of shakes off and ruffles. And then you notice that he kind of readjusts the little inner tube around his neck. And then he just kind of like bounces and squeaks next to you. I would like it to be known that, um, once Jared says that, Bug and I exchange nervous looks. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, God. So Johnny is going to drop to a knee and stick out his hand. 
and grab uh, Lucky. Not in a weird way. I don't know why. Uh, Lucky. Lucky, it seems that we're going to have to go out uh, on an important mission, and I would not feel good forcing you to accompany me, so I wanted to make sure that you would like to go. If you don't, I will figure something else out. Um, once again, we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna roll this the same way. Or do you wanna do odds or evens, or do you wanna coin this? Oh, it's up to you, my dudes. Okay. Coin. This seems like a coin, coin decision. No, coin, coin will work in his favor. We can't have that. The coin never steers us wrong, though. The coin yeah, the has coin never is, steered you against too. a decision that, that I wanted Jared to make as the DM, to be fair. <laughs> so whether that exactly. was actually good or bad in the long run is still undetermined. That's fair. Indubitably. So we'll do the coin. I'll flip yeah. it. You guys can So trust me. heads, you keep lucky. Tails, you repick. Uh, one will be assigned to him, I'm sure. Uh, okay. God damn it. I got tails again. <laughs> Sorry, I got tails for the first time because. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Because this has never happened. So he before. has this like heartwarming. I would feel bad forcing you to come along. <laughs> We've grown very close, Lucky. And I got tails. It's like God. It's like the DM God wants Lucky to hate me. For no fucking reason. <laughs> um, so as you kind of hold your hand out and mention that there's going to be a dangerous adventure and you're going to need Lucky to come along, Lucky just kind of looks at you, looks at the professor, looks back at you, and then turns and like, how, like, waddles on over to the professor and hugs the professor's leg. The professor then kind of like bends down and he starts to pet uh, Lucky on the head and he just looks at you. Well, to be fair, not every beast is cut out for the hardened trainer lifestyle. It It is true. Every beast has their own nature and their own willpower after all. Might just be this one isn't much of a fighter. Well, Lucky's got a heart of gold. I'm glad that I'm not forcing in him, forcing him along. Professor, are there some situations where the um, the trainer might be at fault? Oh, of course, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure that is absolutely not the reason, Mister G. Oh, I'm just, I'm just asking as far as possibilities. You know, not. Not that that's the case in this situation, you know, but this man is clearly be, on drugs. Don't listen to him. Hypothetically. So, Professor Bonsai just goes, I mean, it does, it does happen from time to time that trainers are not apt for this kind of work. It does happen. Well, Mr. Mr. Law, would you like to accompany me downstairs? That is a magnificent idea i suppose we will find another sacred beast so you you run downstairs you run into that same room you were in before it's lined with those uh those slanted shelves with just full of capture spheres top to bottom make me a willpower check i can do that and i will one pass yeah it's a pass cool your hand is immediately drawn to a capture sphere that is all black. Oh god, what have I done? <laughs> you, you pick it up, yeah. and the professor just goes, "Huh, interesting." 
I don't know what this means yet. That beast right there, it has a bad rap. Normally these creatures, uh, warn us of oncoming storms or storms or disaster. And because of it, people associate it with the disaster itself. And do you release your capture sphere? Yeah, of course. He wants to meet the, uh, the disaster. The cataclysm of a <laughs> sacred beast. Yeah. So you release your, uh, you release your sacred beast. After a moment, uh, the beast in front of you kind of forms. Um, it is dog-like in stance. It has white fur. It has a black head, um, with like a sickle that sticks out of the side of it and curves around over top of its head. It has small black wings and it has a horn on the front of its head. Like I said, it also has shaggy white fur and like long black claws. Well, hello there. How would you like to go on a very dangerous adventure to try to save you and your friends? Kind of starts to purr. Um, and then in your head, you have that telepathic link kind of reform. You just hear the disaster. Well, you might be a bearer of, of bad news and disasters, but I think that you might just be our lucky charm. So I'm going to call you lucky. <laughs> I'm really creative. <laughs> can I, danger, can I hear, can I hear this? No. He's downstairs. You, oh, you can roll for it, but like it's still on the edge of your, your hearing even. Does the, does the white shaggy dog-like sickle-headed being respond to Lucky? Uh, it does. It does. You, you kind of like, you, you feel the power kind of course through your hand, uh, as like the link itself gets set, more or less. Um, the bond is there. So he's cool with it? Yep. Oh. Well. Onward towards the end of the world or something like that. It does feel a bit weird to name two beasts the same, <laughs> but I suppose since you aren't traveling with one of them, it makes it okay. Let us go upstairs. Was Lucky back in their capture sphere or did he Lucky hear him do this? No, he was. Lucky is, Lucky okay, is back okay. in the, in the area. It's like, that's not my real name. After a moment, you all see Johnny come back upstairs with the professor. Um, do you, do you put your beast back in its capture sphere, Jared? No, I'll, I'll let him walk out. He needs to know who the party is. Cool. Yeah. So you all, you all see the same thing that I described. You see the, the beast known as the disaster or lucky two, depending on how you're feeling, uh, strut out. I'm going to call it lucky two because I personally need to differentiate. <laughs> I'll call him too lucky. No, I'll call him luckier. 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 Okay, that works. So, um, yeah, like I said, you all see the same thing that I described moments ago. Um, it kind of nuzzles up to Johnny and it's probably, it probably stands like halfway through his, uh, like ha- uh, up halfway around his thigh, like above his knee. It's pretty tall. The sickle itself is like very intimidating. It looks very sharp, albeit part of its body. After a moment, um, Bryce just kind of like starts nodding. All right. Nice. So I know that you guys are going to be heading out soon, but, um, Silver, before you head out, any chance you want to challenge the gym and try and earn a badge before you head out? And Silver's like, ha, Bryce, yeah, you know I do. Ever since that storm hit, all I've been thinking about is the chance I could fight you again. 
Uh, and they kind of like lock eyes for a moment. And then Silver turns looking at all of you guys excited. Hey guys, do you want to, do you want to go watch my gym battle before we head over to the, to the boat? I sure do. Johnny looks over to the party and he's like, uh, do we have time? Can we stay and watch? Cause I sure would love to. Um, the boat won't be departing until later this afternoon. You gentlemen do have time. It's decided. Let's do it. Uh, how much, how much later? The boat leaves at three, I believe. Uh, at the moment, it's like ten. You have like some time. All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be right in. Uh, I just wanted to talk to the, the professor and, uh, and Nora about, about some things. Does All anyone right. else think it is kind of rude that uh, Silver says all he's been thinking about is fighting this guy when uh, his sister is missing? Hey, I don't talk to you about how you process grief, Boots. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Boots. I am Adrian Gustave de la Pantrociem. Boots is a separate being. But you're not, though. I watched you do the poofy thing. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh this kid is a hundred percent on to you and his unshakable faith tells me other tells me that he's gonna keep believing the truth. Um <laughs> And Boots is going to continue to think that he has the kid fooled. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are stupid. <laughs> um so you guys all kinda like follow Silver and um you all follow Silver and Bryce out of the building and you start heading towards it. Uh Mr. G, you said you're staying behind? Um I mean, I'm I'm really just trying to like talk to the professor and Nora about like trying to build something out of these crystals, but like I don't know when I'm going to I don't know when I'm going to like fit any of this in, you know? What do you mean? Like like if we're getting on the boat in like 5 hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is a good time to, to do it now. Cause Bonsai is staying behind here. But as soon as you say that you want to talk to Bonsai and Nora alone, Rex does stay. He won't leave. Alright. So who, what, what's it, is, did everyone just like leave? Yeah, everyone else left. Everyone else is okay. going to watch the fight. So, um, Professor, uh, Nora, um, Nora, I think you remember last night when I was talking about, uh, something I might have needed help with. Yes, you kept trying to requisition a workspace in a town that didn't have one. I mean, I, I, I was looking for something that could be used as a workspace, um, you know, to prepare ourselves for the troubles ahead instead of consuming copious amounts of alcohol. But, um, I, we acquired these and I think, I think we can use them to, uh, possibly create something useful to battle against, against our, uh, new foe here and, he pulls out the, uh, the crystals and, uh, allows, um, the professor and, and Nora to examine them and, uh, Rex as well, if he wants. So what do you, what do you think? What, what's going on with this? The professor grabs it, um, and he holds it. And after a moment, you see him visibly shudder and you see the expression on his face change. He holds it and he just looks at you and he goes, Mr. G, where, you said you found these? You obtained them? How? Well, they were on, uh, my, my companion over there, uh, as he consistently, uh, calls himself Adrian. Um, he 
managed to grab them off one of our assailants before they warped out to uh, wherever they are now. Uh, I suspect that there's some sort of um, dark magic, maybe, maybe even a some sort of sacrifice. It's evil, that's for sure. Um, these 100% feel like captured souls. It seems like they've been bound to this object for whatever purpose. You can you can feel the emotion. You can you can feel the sadness inside of these. The moment that they were turned into this. Yes, I I made that observation and um you're an object inherently I don't believe can be evil. I I would like to use these for good. From from my understanding, uh if someone was sacrificed to create these, that has been done. These people are lost, but I would like to give them a better purpose than being used in whatever nefarious plan these, uh, these our, our assailants uh, had in store for them. I assume that they were using, planning on using them as well, regardless of, uh, of whatever application. I'll say I do not like the idea of weaponizing souls. Well, what, what do you, what do you ask me? What do you want me to do then, Professor? Should we just chuck them in the, chuck them down there with your pile of, uh, pile of beasts in your room down there? Or what, what would you have me do? Yes, absolutely. Please put them in the room with my beasts. <laughs> I would prefer to keep them. Absolutely. Uh, as opposed to you weaponizing humans who could potentially be revived. Do you know the power that you're touching right now? Yes, I'll absolutely keep them out of your hand, Mr. G. I asked you for information on these items. I don't I don't need you to be accusing me of stuff. I asked you what these are, and you're being ambiguous. What what are they? Do you think they can be revived? I don't know. Tell me, if you know. I have told you exactly what they are. They are souls bound inside of this crystal. Do I know why they were taken from their bodies? No. Do I know what's kind of inside of here yes that's what's in here i assume maybe some sort of sacrifice maybe some kind of nefarious deed it all seems to be part of their mo at the moment i would prefer that these stay intact and protected if there's a way we can recover their souls and provide them life again do do you know of any way to do this you seem rather familiar with this with this item here. I've seen this happen in person. I've seen someone turned into this. Their body turned into a zombie that doesn't need to sleep or eat. It's it's a malleable husk. It seems like they're using both facets of these if, if they have the souls on them. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what their goal is with them. I, I have as much information as you do in that regard i don't know what do you what do you think nora well i think that the professor does have a point i mean if it's if this is something that if these are living creatures if this is still a life that's able to live who were we to snuff that out i mean counterpoint if there's something else that is a more practical use if we can't restore their bodies if they're stuck like this just some sort of sacrifice or energy source then maybe there is a scientific application maybe we can break down the crystal and and maybe we can make it pure energy and harness it but uh, it does seem a bit dark 
No, we would be damning these souls. If there's any way we can get them back, we would... We would be casting the final blow. Alright, I see your point. And then he just drops the bag on the floor and just walks away. Follows the rest of the group. Do they break when they fall? No, they don't break. Okay. So you walk out, and then you hear, like, brief, like, discussion, and you walk out. You follow the sound of the rest of your party, who are closer to the other side of town at this point, and you kind of walk into the gym, dejected. And it is there that you see the rest of your party. So you all walk inside of the trainer school. You walk through the dragon skull. You walk into the foyer. It has like a nice red rug on it. There's wood floors underneath. There's a large staircase that leads to a second floor and you see a couple of rooms there. There's a couple of rooms underneath the stairs. And then there are two hallways that kind of wrap around the side of the building and go backwards. Uh, And you see Bryce standing there and you see Silver standing in front of him kind of jumping. And all of you guys are standing right behind both of those two. Oh, okay. So we're like, they're not set up in the arena yet. No, they're just, they're right in the beginning of it. And that's where we're going to leave it. Alrighty, if you've made it to this part of the episode, I just want to say thank you for listening this week. We really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Uh, reach out to us on social media and let you know what you're thinking of the arcs so far. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. You can find us anywhere. Also, if you want to check out the game for yourselves, play along at home uh you can get it on drive through rpg.com look forward to seeing you next wednesday 